Patience is not passive waiting. Patience is active acceptance of the process required to attain your goals and dreams. Ray A. Davis. In the previous episode, Dr. Reza Alavi shared in his reflections that as a partner, he would tell his younger self to be more patient, be more patient with the process, be more patient with his partner's process as he supports her. It got me thinking, what do we know about patience? At times in my life, I've had an abundance of it. And other times, I've really struggled to be patient with myself and those around me. Hello, I'm Nassim, and welcome to Becoming My Stronger Me, a podcast designed to help you become stronger in mind, body, and heart. Up until a few years ago, my journey was pretty linear, following a traditional path. And then, in a perfect storm of circumstances, I pivoted to pursue a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Join me as I share what I've learned about myself that's helped me to become my stronger me. People say patience is a virtue, a virtue, a trait of excellence, a behavior showing high moral standards. In this episode, we will explore the meaning of patience, the biological components that underpin it, how it develops over time through childhood and adolescence, strategies to become more patient, and the outcomes associated with living a life enriched by patience. Patience can best be described as the capacity to endure adversity, delay, or suffering without agitation or complaint. It's not mere passivity, but a virtue that involves self-control, persistence, and a calm demeanor in the face of challenges. Patience requires a balance, a balance between our desires for that immediate gratification and the ability to wait for something much more favorable. As I'm rereading the literature on patience, I'm finding it hard to stay objective and not let myself reflect and even be critical about times in my life that patience has eluded me. And it's been exactly those things, self-control, persistence, and a calm demeanor, or should I say a lack of one or more of those things, that I've struggled with at times, whether it be things at work, at home, my kids, my relationships with my spouse, family members, et cetera, or maybe even more importantly, my health and fitness. I can recall so many times where patience was non-existent in dealing with the kids or my husband. And just as he reflected in his episode, if I could go back, being more patient in the moment would have allowed me to handle each situation more productively. But I can't go back. To be honest, I'm not even sure I was as reflective as I am now to identify that I should have made an adjustment back then. This idea that patience requires a balance between our desires for that immediate gratification that immediate reward and the ability to wait for those more favorable outcomes 
is one that we've had many, many opportunities throughout our lives to practice. And yet, given the circumstances, we still may not be where we want to be or need to be with patients. The development of patience is closely tied to the biology of the brain. Our prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain that is just behind our forehead, that's responsible for executive functions like impulse control, decision-making, and planning, plays a central role in our ability to exercise patience. This part of the brain continues to develop throughout childhood and adolescence, which explains why patience tends to increase with age. But please don't get me wrong. Even though patience has biological underpinnings, the brain, it's not innate, but instead it develops gradually. We are not born with a set level of patience. In childhood, children often display impatience due to limited impulse control. However, as they grow older, that prefrontal cortex begins to mature and they begin to understand the concept of delayed gratification, a delay in receiving their reward. They are much more likely to wait for that award, especially if it means they'll get something better. And research suggests that experiences that encourage waiting for rewards, such as structured games or educational activities, can really speed up the development of patients in children. And by adolescence, individuals typically exhibit increased patients compared to the childhood years. But cultivating patients is an ongoing process that can really enhance our lives. So how can we continue to practice and cultivate patience in adulthood? Here are five strategies, and some of them you've heard me talk about before because they are also strategies we can use to increase our happiness. And I covered that in a past episode as well. So the first of these strategies I've talked about many times. And actually, if you are following me on social media, you will find that I have very intentionally over the past month or so been really practicing this daily. And that's mindfulness meditation. Practicing mindfulness can help us stay calm, focused, and less reactive in challenging situations. So this can appear as different behaviors that we can do. We can do true, pure meditation. We can do yoga. We could do breathing exercises. And again, if you're following me on social media at Stronger Me, you have probably seen me post daily workouts recently. And in those daily workouts are a period of time in the workout where I just breathe. And I've been really intentional about including that in my warm up and my cool down. The other thing I've been doing more of is being outside, really feeling the sun, being present and fully aware in the moment, putting my feet in the grass, grounding myself to the earth. And for those of you who know me, you know that 
this is not something I was doing before. This is something I've added. And what I'm finding is a very quick jolt of calm and the long lasting nature of that peacefulness that trickles into the rest of my day has allowed me to be more patient with the people around me, to be more patient with myself. So I highly recommend looking into mindfulness strategies, meditation strategies, and trying a few, trying a few on a consistent basis to really reap the benefits. Another strategy to cultivate and to practice patience has to do with our thoughts and our belief and that narrative that runs through our head. And so in this category of helping to develop patience and strengthening that patience muscle that we have is to use cognitive behavioral techniques. Now, cognitive behavioral therapy is a widely used therapeutic approach that focuses on identifying and changing negative thought patterns and behaviors to improve your mental health and your well-being. And cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT uses techniques and these are practical strategies and exercises that they use in therapy that helps individuals recognize and modify our thought patterns and behaviors. Because sometimes we have a lack of patience because of all the things going through our mind. We create and are sold on a particular narrative about a situation. And that negative thought pattern doesn't allow us to be patient. It doesn't allow us to have a calm mind and to let things play out. So what are some of those techniques? And there are lots of them. So cognitive restructuring is a really core CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy technique. And this involves identifying that challenging irrational or negative thought or that negative thought pattern. We also call those cognitive distortions. And then learning to reframe them in a more balanced and realistic way. So some cognitive distortions are, for example, if you are an all or nothing thinker, it either is or isn't, and there's nothing in between. If you are someone who always only thinks about the worst case scenario, you know, everything is a catastrophe. Or if you take everything personally, these are all challenging thought patterns that can decrease our ability to be patient in the moment. So there are lots of other techniques that cognitive behavioral therapists use, journaling, experimenting, role-playing. They oftentimes will give homework assignments for people to work on, uh, positive activities to engage in throughout the day. They might uh, role-play. They may do relaxation and stress reduction techniques imagery, visualization. So there's lots and lots of techniques that can be used here. And if this is something you're interested in, I highly recommend seeking out a cognitive behavioral therapist in your area and really intentionally working on those negative, irrational thought patterns and beginning to kind of flip the switch on those so that you can have the ability 
to be patient in a situation and let it play out. The third strategy I want to talk about here is one that I've had a very interesting experience with firsthand when I worked at a laboratory at the University of Maryland. So as an undergrad, I worked in Nathan Fox's child development lab. And Dr. Nathan Fox is an incredibly seasoned, well-established, decorated researcher. And at the time, we, as, as an undergrad, I was responsible for helping to implement a delay of gratification task. So kids would come in and different studies had kids of different ages, appropriate to what they were studying. And kids would come in and after we went through all the protocol with the parents, they would go into a room that had, you know, a two-way mirror. And I would be in there and I'd put one Skittle on one side and three Skittles on another side. And I said, you know, actually, oh, I forgot something. If you can wait for me to come back, you can have three Skittles. But if you can't wait, ring this bell and then you can go ahead and have the one. The technique here, the strategy that I'm sharing with you is delayed gratification. And what we'd see in those kids is that there are some kids that is, I mean, the door wasn't even closed and they had eaten all the skills or they rang the bell real quick and ate the one. And then there were some that just waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. And it was incredible to watch how they coped with that situation where they knew they had to be patient and that if they waited, if they just waited long enough for me to come back, they could get three as opposed to one. And the kids would do all sorts of things. They would sing to themselves. They would look away. They would look around the room. They'd actually play with the Skittles themselves on the table. And and it was a really interesting way to take a look. I mean, we were looking at temperament and other related correlates, but it was really interesting to think about kids this way that they could be patient. I mean, I know many adults that would just say, oh, well, I'm not even going to wait. I'm just going to have them all. And there are plenty of people I know that would just wait. They'd wait for you to come back. And it's just really interesting that waiting for the reward, when you get the reward, it is so much more satisfying than that instant gratification of just scarfing them all down and having it be done. As an adult, now that was, mind you, a lab that I worked in and we published a lot of studies on that work. As an adult, I really believe in setting goals. So delete gratification is basically encouraging yourself to wait for rewards and then setting goals that require patience. And by doing that, you can significantly improve and boost your ability to be patient in other situations. So for example, if you want to plan a trip, but you know you are a bit cash strapped because you're working on a home improvement project, you could say, okay, I'm going to focus on this home improvement project, but I won't begin planning my vacation until it's done. So the reward for getting the house project done is the vacation. 
And instead of just taking the vacation and then figuring it out from there, you're delaying that gratification. You are being patient for that reward. These are techniques to practice and flex that muscle in simple ways. For me, setting big goals is actually very much part of my fitness journey. So I try to flex this delayed gratification in lots of ways. So one way initially when I first started Ego to Motivate, the delayed gratification is that quite frankly, it is very hard sometimes to lose weight. And so you could be doing all the things. You could be eating the right foods. You could be drinking the water. You could be engaging in the community, doing the workouts, everything that's regimented for you. And yet sometimes the pounds don't just melt away. It takes time. But instead of quitting, we can be patient with that journey. Enjoy it along the way. Same is true when I did reach that goal, I started to set fitness goals for the year. So for example, I, for two years in a row, as you've heard me talk about, I set a 365 and 365 where I would work out at least 30 minutes a day or intentional movement for 30 minutes a day, every day for a year. And then I did it a second year. And the reward was the accomplishment of the goal. So for me, I didn't set a monetary reward or an object reward. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. I just didn't happen to do it for me. But these kinds of big goals and then working towards them and being patient with the process really helps in other aspects of one's life. So the reality of patience, and this leads us to the fourth strategy of effective time management. The reality of patience is that sometimes we are spread so incredibly thin And our days are planned so tightly to get from place to place to manage our work schedules, our home schedules, our kids' schedules, our volunteer schedules, our family schedules, that we just don't have the patience or the time for things to go not as planned. And so one of the strategies that is really effective is to become more effective at managing time. And alleviating, removing that feeling of being rushed. And that can really promote patience, right? Slowing things down or maybe not overly scheduling all the minutes of the day. And I know it's easy to say into a microphone as I'm recording. And I know many different seasons of my life, including right now when, yes, I'm technically not working full-time and yet I'm doing so many part-time things that if I don't manage my time properly, I do feel rushed and I do get impatient in particular scenarios, especially when everything's booked back to back. But what I find is that on days that I can really manage my time effectively, add meaningful buffers. And I'm not saying to waste time, but add meaningful buffers into my day. Then I'm more patient in all the experiences of my day. So making more space and buffer in managing my time actually makes the experience of each more enjoyable. The last strategy here, and I talk about this in a variety of episodes in a variety of different ways, is the importance of having positive role models 
in your life, right? So observing and learning from other people who are patient can really inspire personal growth in this area. So why does this even matter? Why is living a life with increased patience or an abundance of patience important? And maybe I should have started with the why at the beginning of the episode, but here we are. So why is it important? Well, what we find in the literature is that people who are more patient, more patient under stress, more patient throughout different experiences in their life, tend to make better decisions. They tend to make decisions that are very well thought out and they're substantially less likely to succumb to impulsive choices. They also have improved health. So lower stress and anxiety levels. Of course, that contributes to overall improved physical health. People that are patient tend to have stronger, deeper relationships with other people because patience actually allows us the time and space for empathy, understanding, improved communication, and all of those things strengthen those personal connections. Financial well-being and heightened productivity are also outcomes associated with increased patience. Patients enable people to make wise financial decisions because again, they're less likely to be impulsive. And it also fosters focus and commitment to our long-term goals, leading to increased productivity. So yes, patience is a virtue, something that we can strive to get better at over time. It enriches our lives on so many levels. And it's a quality that develops over time. We don't have to give up on the pursuit of patience. And yes, that development of the prefrontal cortex, the critical period for that ends in our adolescence. But that doesn't mean that we can't continue to cultivate patience through mindfulness, those cognitive behavioral techniques, practicing delayed gratification, these strategies, having role models in our life and all the things we talked about really can help you to become your stronger you. Join me in the Becoming My Stronger Me Facebook group as we talk about questions and reflections from this episode, or send me a message on Instagram at StrongerMe, sharing your story, your questions, your reflections. I'd love to hear from you. Let's learn from each other and build a supportive community so that you can become your stronger you.